Children, I have some exciting news. You are fake news. Hello, Adelaide. Triple M Breakfast with Rude Dits and Lies. Overnight news. Unemployment in South Australia has gone to 3.9%. This is only the second time in the history of our state that it's been below uh, 4%. Uh, so it's equal to what it was in December last year. It only dropped 0.1%. It was 4%. Mm. So 3.9%. So if you're struggling to find staff out there for a business or or whatever, there's a reason why. Uh, so that's good news for the economy. The uh, actual national uh, unemployment rate went up 0.1%, so hardly any movement, but to 35 So we're not the... We haven't got the highest unemployment in Australia anymore. Okay, good result. Um, Russia, uh, as a nation at the moment, it's almost like we're watching one of those spy movies, isn't it? Mm. There are some uh, unforeseen things happening over there. Yeah, well, I read out the other day that seven uh, oligarchs, the rich people over there in Russia, the super rich, I Mm. should say, Mm. super, super rich, seven of those people have died mysteriously, e.g. falling out of a boat, Mm. falling out of a hospital, uh, then they get a little get bit more building. normal, hanging by a noose, mm. shot, stabbed, yep. all that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, anyway, since that was two days ago, there's another one that's been uh, mysteriously uh, died. Uh, this year, just suffocated. Now he was the editor of the main newspaper, wasn't he? Yeah, his favourite paper, Vladimir's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> and going back, if you remember, um, Vladimir's best friend's daughter was blown up in a car. And they say it was meant to be the best friend, but uh, the mm. daughter was driving the car. Mm. So and, uh, there's a lot of bad luck in Russia. Oh, at the hell moment. of a lot of bad. Hell, hell of a hell lot of, of bad luck. Uh, I told you the other day uh, that Chris Waller was off to the Queen's funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, there are there are ten Australians who have been chosen, along with uh, Albo. Uh, who are heading off over there. Chris Waller pulled out last night at the last moment. Yeah. The plane was about to take off. He's the trainer of Winks, and uh, she loved her horses, and uh, mm. I think uh, Chris would have liked to get over there. Yeah, but he rang through at the last moment and said, I won't be making the flight. Someone in his family caught COVID, and he thought it's best that uh, he didn't go. I reckon he's got a few winners tomorrow. He's more interested in there that, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> hey, what about this one as well? Pretty rough timing to come out, but a bloke uh, has come out and reckons he is a love child of of King Charles mm. and Camilla. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So this fella... Well, we can tell straight away. Has he got big ears? Well, he does look a little bit like him. <laughs> does he? He's got a lot of wrinkles. Okay. Uh, so he's 56, um, claims he was conceived in 1965 by a then 17-year-old Charles and right. an 18-year-old... Camilla, mm. he got fostered out to a friend of the of the Queen's, mm. and he wants his day in the sun. He, right. want, he said, the king is the king, and I want my title as well. All right. If you ever look online, uh, it doesn't, doesn't uh, it's believable, but <laughs> anyway, right. apparently because you're the king, you're above the yeah. law, and you do not have to have a DNA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So he's probably got stuff all chance of proving it. You'll never know. You'll never know. All right. That's what's making news. Four. Triple M Breakfast with Blue Dits and Lies. What a goal! Overnight sports. Oh, in my eyes, the greatest of all time. Roger Federer has called it a day. I am 41 years old. I've played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I ever would have dreamt. And now I must recognise when it is time to end my competitive career. The Labour Cup next week in London will be my final ATP event. Didn't win as many Grand Slams as Nadal or Djokovic, but uh, I've got him up there as the best ever. Right? Oh, he's a superstar. Love watching him. Love the way he goes about it. Loves his sort of temperament on the court. Yep. And superstar had lots of injuries the last few years and uh, had to uh, give up. Yeah. 
Very sad. Yep. Well done. What, how do you make you cry? Oh, look, we've run out of time, actually, haven't we? Oh, we, no, we're short of time. Just, or not. No, we're, we're good to go. Oh, I'll tell you, this yeah, is, this is uh, Roger Federer, the person, off court. So I was lucky enough to work at many Australian Opens. And we were in the press area one day, and a fella told me this story, that um, a player ranked in the 300s in the world of tennis attempted suicide. And as you know, it's a very serious issue that we talk about a lot in this day and age. And what happened was Roger Federer um, went and bought a card and wrote to this bloke, um, I won't mention his name, but Federer wrote to him and said, look, I've heard you're struggling a little bit. And he said, I'm in this with you. He said, I, I travel every week and being on the tennis tour is very, very hard and we all miss our homes and we miss mm. our families. And he said, if ever you feel like that again, this is my phone number and this is my email address. He said, contact me mm. and we'll talk about it. Now, on you, Rog. The reason I mention that is some people listening will say, oh, well, you, you know, Roger's got a lot of money, he can afford to do things and... But I just think that the fact like that and that he heard about this in the locker room and he thought, bugger, I'm going to do something about mm. this. And so he befriended the bloke who he didn't really know and he just said, every time you're feeling bad, yep. he said, you contact me and we'll talk about it. Might have saved his life. He could have. And I just think, you know. No, that's the mm. reason why you're putting it number one in front of a few other you know, people who have won more yeah. titles. So well done. Anyway, nice story about Roger Federer. Now, let's move on. Let's talk a bit of footy. Uh, Crows defender Luke Brown has retired, Rue. Yeah, he has retired. He's succumbed to injury, a bit like Roger Federer. Your, your body can't do what your mind wants it to do. He's played 180 game, 189 games, Luke Brown. Come third in the best and fairest, I reckon. Um, great player. Does the job. Sort of goes unnoticed. Just shuts down the best uh, small forwards of the opposition. Um, so well done to Luke Brown. A great career and all the best, mate. Indeed. Now, big weekend of prelim final starts tonight on Triple M. It's Brisbane taking on Geelong. Let's hear from Cats coach Chris Scott. We'll go in um, with the same team at this stage that we took into the first final. The faith that I have in our sports science guys, the, the medical guys, the conditioning guys. I just have so much faith in them that with Collar, it was a matter of just taking a step back and waiting until they said he'll be right. How do you see this one, Rue? Oh, I think Geelong will win. I mean, they just—I think they've won 14 in a row or something like that. They just appear to be too good. But Brisbane have surprised Richmond, uh, and then last week uh, they surprised Melbourne. Yep. Can they surprise Don't the Cats? Go. Maybe they will. Who knows? They're going to go in just having a crack anyway. Earlier this morning, Tex Walker tipped Brisbane. Mm. There you go. Hey, uh, Sydney and Collingwood, both unchanged. Let's hear from Sydney coach John Longmire. An unchanged lineup. Uh, one player who didn't make selection, I guess, was Josh Kennedy. Where is he at in terms of his rehabilitation? Yeah, look, he was an absolute long shot anyway. He was almost no chance of making it back before the end of the season and um, he felt a twig in his hamstring on Saturday, so he's into retirement. Yeah. Um, what about this one, Rue? Yeah, look, this will be unbelievable. I'm really looking forward to this game. Two sides who just put enormous amount of pressure on the bloke with the ball. It'll be so hot tomorrow in Sydney when you've got the ball. It'll be a great game. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Collingwood won. I, I really wouldn't. I don't think they're as big an outsider mm-hmm. as what the uh, odds say they are. I reckon it's 50-50 at best. Mm, great game coming up. Two great games. Hey, in the AFLW, power skipper Erin Phillips plays her 50th game against Sydney tomorrow. Good luck. The Crows are away to the Pies on Sunday. 
SANFL Grand Final Sunday, North Adelaide and Nord. Yeah, you can hear that on Triple M as well. Brendan Yates will be calling it with Sauce Jacobs and Andrew Newton-Jarman. Tomo will be on the boundary line, so join that one uh, on Triple M. That'll be an absolute cracking game of football. There's another game of football as well on tomorrow at the Nord Oval. Great place to watch footy, the Nord Oval. One of the best in South Australia. The Div 1 Amateur League Grand Final. Uh, PAC, the mighty PAC, will be taking on Port Districts. Hang on, Your hang mom, on. The, the private Gee, school boys the taking boys on. The boys from Largs taking on the Silver Spurs. The not-so-private school boys. Oh, my God. Lafeva Tech boys taking on PAC. Look out. That, there'll be blues in the crowd. Rocky and That'll Crowbar be, will be there. Rocky and Crowbar, they're they coming up. Yeah, they watch every game, Port, yeah. Port Districts. Yeah. Well, mm. they'll get lost coming to the parade. Don't worry Listen, about that. Listen, all you PAC people, um, get an Uber. Don't take your cars. Yeah, exactly right. They'll be freeloading all the way down Port Road. <laughs> Rue, my favourite ever comedian <laughs> to come from P. Binger <laughs> in the Riverland in South Australia. <laughs> Lemo's with us. How are you, Lemo? <laughs> that is a hell of a compliment too. No, because I've written a list of them. I'm widely regarded as the fourth funniest person in my own family. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a compliment to hear that I'm the funniest person oh, ever. God. The P-Banger Comedy Festival is something you can't yeah, miss, did yeah, it? Exactly, hey, yeah. You know, leading up to my mum and dad's, we're going back in our 50th wedding anniversary, right? Mum says, oh, I want to do something really special on the day with me and your father. And, mm. you know, I was thinking of asking Kelvin to make a speech. Mm. I'm like, what if, I'm a professional public speaker. <laughs> Why do you want to ask him to do it? And she goes, oh, he's just so funny and he's really good at speaking. I'm like... It's what I do for a job. He's a bloody <laughs> farmer. <isn't> he? <laughs> he works at Angove's Winery in Renmo. Oh, he's a piss pot. And I said, okay, get Kelvin to make the speech. Oh, thing. God. Yeah. Uh, so what are you actually doing here anyway, Liam? So, Don't you work at the uh, our rival radio station? I do indeed, but we're like we're like brother and sister, us yeah. two. Right. Yeah, we the, are. One, the ones that don't get on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, but I've got a brand new podcast and you two have been good enough to agree to promote it. Mm. Uh, it is called Don't Be a F. Dot, 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 wit. Right, okay. and that's wit. It's a comedy self-help podcast. Okay. Right. So are you talking to us two not to be oh, that or oh, what? Well, I'm encouraging you two to re- listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Is because, and it's time that we that we need this self-help podcast. Yeah. Because let's call them F-wits mm. for now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. F-wits previously used to stay hidden. They used to be live in the shadows, mm. right? We didn't quite know who they were. But have you noticed over the last couple of years, they don't care anymore. No. They have risen to the surface and they've showed their hand and they've said, yeah, I'm right here. I don't care mm. anymore. Yep. I am an absolute F-wit. Because life is a team sport, right? We've all got to work together to yep. do things. I feel it's a bit these philosophical. People, yeah, life they, is a team sport. Life is a team sport. Right. F-wits play an individual game. Oh. Hey. That is what they do. And I've, I've had it, people who don't pick up the dog poo in the park. There you go. Yeah. Simple yeah. example. F-wit. People who drive below the speed limit in the right-hand lane. F-wit. F-wit right there. Anonymous people online. Uh, no, 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 yes, anonymous people online. Yeah, they won't put their name to it. Yeah, they'll abuse the hell out of you, but won't put their name won't to it. Won't put their name to it. The people who are at the luggage carousel at the airport stand right next to yep. the luggage. Yep. Stand back, mate. Your bag isn't going to come out. Do you know, I reckon there should be like a, a yellow line or something two metres yes. back. And when you see your bag, step over the line, grab your bag, and then step back. 
Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because when you see your bag, you line. can't get at your bag because people are queued right up next to the bloody carrots. You are right. Yes, there are there are flogs everywhere. There are. It is an epidemic, and we need to put an end to it. Um, and we, as so, Mick Malloy is the guest on my podcast today. Mm-hmm. As Mick Malloy points out in the podcast, God. The, the problem is we cater. Speaking of efforts, sorry, <laughs> sorry, did I just say that? Oh, it's, you're no, on you your own. I, I love him. That I love was him. Chris Dipmar. I who love said that. Mick Malloy. We cater for them. And uh, I was talking to Mick about profile pics on uh, on dating services. Oh. How many people do you know who lie on their the Tinder profile picture? I know oh. a mate. I've got a mate. <laughs> yeah. Who went all the trouble. He's got a mate. He's got a boat. So he went and filmed himself <laughs> on the behind the wheel of the boat, oh, on a in, boat. in a skipper's cap. And I go, but eventually she's going to work out. At some point, this whole thing unravels, mate. It, um, what about people who stand it like... Shirtless with fish is one of <laughs> this is not a good look. It's not so a good combination. A dude with his shirt off with a rod leaning up against someone who's just holding a fish. Especially at a fish and chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> so, good bit of fun with Mick Malloy today. And in each episode, we have a specific topic as well. Yeah. So episode one with Tom Gleeson, restaurants was our topic. Yes. And Shane Delia came on to tell people how not to be an F-wit in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. There's right? a plenty in restaurants. Oh, there's plenty there. What yeah. about this one for you? Because my I've been arguing with my wife for years. My wife is a bandit for stacking up the plates mm-hmm. at the table. Oh, Shane, okay. Shane Delia says, Impatient. no, don't do it. Because that is, that is you saying to staff, you're not doing your job. Exactly so right. So I'll stack the plates. Yeah. Do I not, did it yesterday. Don't stack the plates up. It's an insult to the staff. I'm just trying to help. Yeah, well, you're I not helping. It. And the episode with Mick Malloy that dropped today, it's how to not be an F-wit in a pub. Oh, that's the home of Don't drink. That's, that's a good start. Rue, you've been in pubs for years. Oh, what's, your, what's some of the absolute peak F-whip behaviour that you see from punters in a pub? Oh. Here's, you know one of my least favourites. You're in a, The pub's busy. The person in front of you gets to the front. And that's when they begin deciding what they're going to drink. What beers have you got? No. Oh, Don't mate. they? I'm what about that one? You, that Look. to me, out immediately. Oh. So, and how much is that beer? Okay. And what about that one next to it? How much mm. is that one? Oh, right. Yeah, oh, that oh, is oh. F-Wit Central, the pub. Good luck with that one, Lemo. So a new like podcast it. called? It is called Don't Be a F-Wit. You'll find it on <laughs> Apple and Spotify. You bet Because there's a swear word in the title, yeah. it can be a difficult one to search. So search Lemo, L-E-H-M-O, and you'll, mm. the pod will come up. The top five things we've learned on Rue, Dits and Loz this week. Number five. We learnt Rue has a few things to learn around the house. My wife's had COVID and I've been under the pump big time in the house trying to do all the jobs. I copped one spray from the wife because I hadn't done any washing. And I actually don't know how to turn the washing machine on. <laughs> oh, and the dishwasher. Wow. And she... <laughs> oh, this is woeful. Oh, I know. It's come home to roost that yeah. I probably need to increase my school level around the house, Lozzie. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you need a little, like a TAFE course. SA Chief Public Health Officer Nicola Spurrier. Well, we are concerned about Sarah and her health, so please remember to call SA Health immediately if you can't turn on the washing machine. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Number four, we learnt the crazy things you have seen on the roads. What's the wildest thing you've seen out on the, on the roads because a couple was arrested in Melbourne doing special... Grown-up things behind the wheel. At 100 k's an hour. At 100 k's an hour. Anyway, we... And then got quicker and quicker, I think. (laughs) Okay, Dits, let's just move on to the phones, shall we? Yeah, years ago when I was learning to drive, I was on this southern expressway with Mum, 
and there was a bloke towing a trailer and he's going all over the road doing 60, 80, 100. Turns out he was reading the paper across the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Hallow Cove. Chris, what have you seen on the road? I looked down and there was this woman sort of uh, helping herself to a bit of pleasure. Who did you like out of those, Ruth? One way to phrase it. <laughs> what about reading the newspaper? Yes, uh, nothing wrong with having a little flick through. Whoa. <laughs> Easy, Ruth. Let's move on to number three. We learnt some thermometer jokes. Doctor went to find a sick note for one of his patients the other day. When he went to pull out his pen, he pulled out a rectum thermometer. Oh. And he said, oh, damn, some bums walked off with my pen. Mm. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. with a bick up there, clackers. Mm. Oh. What's the difference between a rectal thermometer and an oral? thermometer. What? <laughs> the taste. <laughs> According to my thermometer, that joke is disgusting. Number two. We learnt a bit more about our button pusher, Benny, and he's earned himself a nickname. Benny? New nickname's Chopper. Yep. Because he keeps chopping us off when we go to talk. He does. Take a listen as Dits emotionally reflects on the passing of the beloved Queen. In a moment, we will head to the UK and find out the latest. What is happening in London as we speak on the passing <laughs> Have a listen to Dits and Loz trying to read this ad. Honestly, for a Sunday, go down for a drive and sit there and look out over the beautiful marina and enjoy the hospitality. It is fantastic. And this is a man. It's the Living Large Sale. And if Benny the Butcher is not cutting Loz off, he's just turning her off. Uh, Loz, where did this happen? Um, uh, is my mic not on? Oh, oh, Chopper, oh, what the oh, hell is oh, it's happening over there? switch mics and it's... Only just... because you were too incompetent to turn the oh. other one on. Anyway, that's enough of Benny. Rue, what's up next? Anyway, up next, things you've never done before. Rue dropped... <laughs> <laughs> Our Bracky team dropped big rumours on the daily. Luke yep. Jackson from Melbourne, uh, the Ruckman heading back west. Mm. We dropped that. Rumour confirmed. Yep. And Tuesday... Dits had a big one. The rumour <laughs> I've got a rumour. There are only ten Australians invited officially to the funeral. I'm going to tell you who a couple of them are. You'll be surprised. Then this happened. <laughs> Triple M News at 7.30am with Sean Maynard talking about the Queen's funeral. World leaders, including our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, will attend. Other Aussies like champion horse trainer Chris Waller and tennis star Dylan Olcott are also apparently invited. The rumour mill. 7.35am, Triple M's oh. rumour mill with Chris Dittmar. Horse trainer Chris Waller. What? Is one of the ten Australians <laughs> that's going. He loved officially. The other one is Dylan Alcott. Wheelchair <laughs> athlete, tennis player. Ken's Late News with Sandra Sullivan. <laughs> In case you missed Rumor it. confirmed. There you go. The top five things we've learned. Uh, Just call me Sandra. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 you've done it again, John. You've done it again. <laughs> Uh, I only did a good job of making it out. I hadn't heard it on the news, didn't <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, you did very good. Yeah, I did a very we good. We all did. <laughs> it was oh, great. It's great stuff. Well done, Sammy. Thank you very much. Adelaide's my da- uh, most dangerous intersection. Yeah, we got the stats. Uh, where have the uh, most prangs occurred? Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's hear from our listeners. Yeah, let's go to Seaford. Josh, what uh, intersection causes a few issues for you? Hey, boys. Uh, the base of the freeway. Oh, Southeastern Freeway. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Where Crossroads and Port Rush. Oh, of course, oh, yes, been yes, a few that's nasty a ones there. Yeah, that's a good call, Josh, but actually hasn't made that's, the top ten, hasn't has it? made the top ten. Amazingly. But, uh, probably would be for a uh, bloody mm. serious accident. Uh, Maria at Seton, which intersection? Um, hi, guys. Um, Grange Road, Holbrooks Road and East 
Terrestrial Avenue. Oh. Is that four? Yeah, that actually, is that is a shocker, isn't nightmare. it? It's a bit yeah. tight through there at times, nightmare. isn't it? Yeah. It's, no, and it's not only that. Like, if you're at the lights at Grange Road and Hallbrooks, and then the East Avenue lights they go green, yep. people that are there, they think it's their light, and they go... And it's not actually the case there. Like, do you know what I find there, Marie? I actually go through there a lot, and I have over the years because I used to go to school down there as well. But people coming out of East Avenue are in the incorrect lane. They then want to turn into Holbrooks Road, and they cut across everybody, don't they? Yep. Yeah, they do. Causes they do. big issues. Right. There you go. Good on you, Maria. Hasn't made the top ten, no. though. Let's go to Mount Compass. Dave, tell us your worst intersection. All right, morning, crew. Hey, this one's a tongue twister. I can't even pronounce the intersection, let alone bad enough. Yeah. It's in the city, that the de- capital terrace or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Incredible, yeah. The, the Are you talking Britannia roundabout. roundabout? Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be in the top up. ten. <laughs> yeah. That is number three. Equal oh, third with 36. Wow. I saw an accident there live yesterday. But actually, uh, Britannia's been cleaned up, though, hasn't it? It's it's better than it used to well, be. Well, better if you can handle a – if you're a decision maker. They spent over three or four million there yeah. a few years ago, and if it wasn't hard enough going around one roundabout, they made two. Yeah, that's right. So you had to make twice as many yeah. decisions. Right, oh, Greg at Macclesfield, uh, which intersection? Uh, well, I think it's uh, – what is it? Marion and Sturt Road. Yeah. Guess what, Greg? Um, that yeah, is number uh, one. Well, Greg, you've nailed it. That is, the it worst. that is the worst in Adelaide. There's Can you been believe it? 40 crashes there yeah. in four years. Yeah. How's that, Greg? Yeah. Bloody hell. I was, I was <laughs> thinking that because I was thinking it's taken the, the most casualties and stuff like that. That's why they've got a couple of cameras there all the yep. time. So, yes. Yep. All right. Good on you, Greg. Uh, yep. As Rue said, 40 crashes now. Number two on the list, Rue, is Curtis and Peachy Roads. I don't know where that is. But they're 38 out, crashes. That's out north. Stebbin Heath and Wommer Road. That's now, Wommer's Elizabeth, isn't it? Yep. Somewhere out there. Yep. 36 crashes and, uh, yeah, uh, Britannia Roundabout also. We are in the middle, Rue, of Foster Care Week. Uh, yep. We've got a special guest in the studio, Felicity Graham, and a couple of things I'm already intrigued by. She's the CEO of Fostering Change Australia. She's 19 years of age. Felicity, welcome. Thank you. CEO now, at 19. Yeah. How did you end up in the role? I, well, first published my life story, Not Held Down, um, when I was 17 years old, and then I wanted to do more, so I decided I wanted to use my story to make a difference in the system around Australia, so I created Fostering Change Australia. Um, yeah, so when so. you say fostering change, uh, the title suggests to me that you want to change things. Yeah. What change needs to be made? I mean, we don't have all day, but um, there needs to be, from my beliefs and my own story and hearing other stories of young people is the lack of support for carers out there, lack of support for young people out there. Um, There is a lot of, like, the Department of Child Protection likes to focus on themselves and they don't really, they've lost focus on what they need to do to help the young people in care. So a lot of young people are falling through the cracks and the gaps and they're ageing out of foster care. They're leaving the system on the streets, especially in this rental crisis, they don't have family to turn to. They don't have that support network to turn to. So they're on their own trying to work out how the heck to vote because we don't have parents to teach us how to vote. We don't know how to budget. We don't know how to like look after ourselves, a lot of kids in care. So tell us about yourself. Let's paint the picture. So you're 19 now. Tell us about your childhood, what you've been through with um, yeah, growing up. Yep. So when I was eight years old, I was um, put in foster care with my elder sister in um, a regional country town. Um, 
And from there, I stayed with a foster family for about seven years with that sister before we both split into different foster families um, due to just breakdown of um, the carers not being able to have the energy and time to look after us anymore. Um, so then I moved on to live with about five different families. Some were very short to three weeks, some were two months and some were a year. I think the longest I stayed in a foster family was seven years and the second longest was a year. Can I ask you, uh, the five different sets of parents you had, were they all good? Yes and no. Some, yeah. Most of them were very good. Um, most of them I have a better relationship now that I don't live with them. Um, but there was some that weren't as so good. So when, when you're an eight-year-old and you're taken out of a situation and placed into a foreign family, a foreign home, for a start, it must be quite traumatic. Um, but how do you open yourself up to that? How do you be very accepting of it and think, well, this is good for me. I need to get on with it. I don't even remember much of my childhood, so I don't know how I coped when I was eight years old. Um, but I know that the more I moved families, the more I realised that this was the normal for me. Um, I just got used to trying not to let myself get too close to any of the families because I was like, they're going to leave. Um, every time we got into an argument, I'd pack my suitcase um, to the point where one of my foster families actually threw out that suitcase and was like, mm. yeah, we're not leaving left oh, in the that's end. That's nice. <laughs> she did it, they did it for the right reason? They did it for the right reason. Mm. So you were talking about a regional town. Can you say what sort of population the town had? About 4,000 people. 4,000 people? 14,000. 14,000, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a town like that, how many foster, how many kids would be in care in a town of 14,000 people? Um, roughly from latest statistics was about 300 p- kids in care. 300 kids have been taken away from their parents in a town of 14,000 people. Yeah. That's incredible. I would have thought it would be 10 or 20 or 30 types. You're saying that, that's, an ex- that's a massive number. Yeah, we, it's ever-growing, the system. There's more kids and less support. I can't believe it. Felicity, recently wow. we, uh, we've read a couple of stories. Two young children died, unfortunately, very unfortunately, in recent times. Um we probably can't put them all in the same bracket because every story and every family is different. Mm. But we're told that uh, little children don't like to be taken out of that family situation. As bad as it might be, they don't actually still want to be taken out of there, even though they might be living in squalor or mum and dad are addicted to drugs. Is that your experience? Are the kids saying, we don't care, please just leave us with our own parents? Um, I think... In a child's perspective, that those parents are your only parents. They're, yeah. they're the people you wake up to. Of course, you're not going to want to leave them because, one, you don't want them to hate you. Two, you, you're worried about what's going to happen. Like, they become your only people. So, of course, kids are in these horrible um, circumstances and not wanting to leave. But at the end of the day, if the, yeah, it's their protection that needs to be put in first. Like, I, I'm a firm believer in allowing the young people and kids to tell you what they need. But there is a, obviously a line where you like, no, your protection needs to come first, so you need to leave. We're told that police will arrive in some of these situations and have zero power. Should they have more power? or Because, because from what we read, maybe child protection just at the moment are overrun and, so and overrun. don't have the resources. How can we improve that part of it? I believe that there needs to be more support for families who are known to DCP. There's some kids out there who need to be in the Department of Child Protection. They need to leave. But there's some young people and young kids that can stay with their families but need more support. From what I've gathered, there's not that much support of people that's there that can be like, 
this is how you look after your child. This is how you cook. You can ring us whenever you need and just teach them how to look after their children. Do foster kids communicate with other foster kids? Yeah, we all end up finding us each other. Yeah. yeah. So without getting too personal, what percentage of foster kids have a um, end up with good parents, good foster parents? Positive experience. Yeah, but, or, yeah compared to negative, like, unfor- you know, bad stuff that we hear about that goes on out there. Um, I don't know. That's an open question when defining bad, but yeah. Um, okay, out of maybe ten of my friends who are in care, I've only heard of two of them having good foster parents. Mm-hmm. The rest two have out of even, ten are good. Yeah, the rest have even moved around to a lot of foster families or moved between residential care and group homes. Is it easy to become foster parents? Should it be uh, more stringent? It used to be easier. I have heard from people that it is apparently getting a lot more harder for mm-hmm. people to become carers. So there's a lot more background checks, which is important. There's a lot mm. more training, which I think is so important. But there's some people out there that are like, oh, it's too much work. But, you know, so is surrogacy, mm. so is adoption, so is IVF. Yeah, it's adoption's very hard. It's mm. Friends mm. of mine yeah. tried to do yep. it and, and they were, for sure. per, you know, perfect potential parents yeah. and couldn't weren't uh, weren't allowed to because uh, mm. I think mid 40s was a cutoff point oh wow for age yeah. you said before you wanted to make change what sort of change is absolutely uh, necessary as soon as possible in this area I think support and you letting support yeah. for the kids yeah both all of it support for what the young sort of people. support um well, I know that when I came into care, I wasn't offered counselling. So, yep. you know, a child, being a child, an eight-year-old removed from foster, mm. like my own family, wow. I wasn't provided counsellor. I wasn't able to talk about how I feel or anything. Um, and just growing up, like if I had any issues with foster families, my social workers would tell me that I have to stay there because there's no other option. So I didn't get to speak about what was right for me. Mm. Um, and ageing out of care, leaving foster care or leaving the Department of Child Protection I know a lot of kids and I was lucky enough to have a program that does support kids leaving out of care, but I know a lot of people and even myself didn't know how to budget, didn't know how to clean my house, didn't know how to cook properly, but I had no option because once you're 18, in group homes, you have to live on in your own house. You have to find your own house. You have to leave your house. What, gee, every, every day kids stay there these days well into their 20s. Why is it exactly. any different for a state care? Luckily, kid? when you're in foster families, you are allowed to stay um, and get support from DCP until you're 21. But when you're in group homes and residential care facilities, you have to leave. So the day you turned 18, what happened to you? I was like, I did have a couple of weeks after my 18th that I was able to find a place. Um, I was in the process of looking at homeless shelters um, because there was no houses on the housing essay available. Um, and I had a cat, so not many private rentals, not that I could afford a private rental, was able to take me and my cat. So then there was this program that, is only a year and a half old now that was created by an agency that has a, it's an apartment complex, there's workers there 24-7 and I was able to move in there with my cat and I was able to have support whenever I needed it from these workers. They taught us how to cook. There was budget, um, like councils, like financial counsellors there um, and we were a, like a bunch of young people were able to live there and get support. So you're only 19. This is, we're talking, yeah. what, a year ago, are we? Yeah. God. So you can have your life that you have and you get moved around five, six times, you get to 18 and you're probably potentially reasonably stable at that point, not you, I'm talking about any kid here. Yeah. And then, all right, now you can back in, you could be homeless in a flash for no reason. That's yeah. not the ideal transition exactly. into adult life, is it? And a lot of young people to this day who are in 
semi-normal families or whatever, if you're like in uni and you're 25 and you can't afford the rent because of the crisis we're living, they can go back home to their families. We mm. can't. If I'm if I can't control, like if I can't handle mm. this rent, I have to be on the streets or I have to couch surf. Like but it's not really set up for a um, you know any sort of mishaps along the way. Is yeah. it? There's no one mishap and you could be <clears throat> stuffed. So yeah. with um, uh, Fostering Change Australia, your organisation. Who are you lobbying right now? Who are you speaking to and who are you hoping will help change all this? At the moment, I'm speaking to foster care agencies, so helping, um, using my story to help youth workers, supervisors, anyone who works in these agencies about how they can make a difference in the young people they look after, how they can listen to the young people they look after and use what they are saying to make change. Um, for future goals, I want to help families stay together as well as getting more support for families known to DCP so then we have not as many kids coming into care and more support for families to stay together. I want to be able to travel around and speak to as many people as possible because the child protection system and the protection for children isn't just their job, it's everyone's job. So I want to help the community know how they can rally around young people by even mentoring or fostering, um, helping people become foster parents and being like, this is what you can do, this is the change you can make. Well, you've got an incredible story to tell. Um, and I guess you really, really need to be taking this all the way to the top. I mean, we, we interviewed the Premier recently, and uh, and I'm not bagging our Premier for this, but and this was in light of the two poor little kids that died, but mm. this is just too big a problem. And yeah, I, it's and, a massive problem. And uh, I don't know what anyone's going to do about this in the short term, but you've got to keep talking about it, and we all have to keep talking about it. Mm. We don't want to keep reading about little children dying exactly. in our suburbs uh, from neglect. It's just a shocking, so many, shocking thing. But that's only some of the cases. There's so many kids right now that are being abused and neglected and they just need help. Their families need help and they're just being pushed on the gaps. And like, it's, um, people are very quick to judge the department and, yes, there are some things that the department is doing wrong, but it's so overrun. We're having mm. so many kids in and out. Families aren't getting support. Some families are just bad parents mm. um, and there's just not enough. What else would you like to say while you got the microphone? What else needs to be told out there for people to help someone like yourself wanting to make change in this area? Learn how you can look after the young people in care because that is the next generation. Like my generation and the following generations are the generations that the future needs and the future is going to fail if you're not protecting the most vulnerable. The, like we have to protect the vulnerable kids in care and the kids who are being known to care who are getting failed every day. For people out there thinking about being a foster parent, what would you tell them? That you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be a two-parent household. You can be a one-parent household. You can be whoever you are and you'll always be enough of the kids. You don't need to be a superhero. You don't need to be someone who um, is trained. Well, I mean, you get training, but like... Anyone could be a foster parent because we just need foster parents. We don't want someone special. We want someone to love us and care for us. Do your research. Do so much research. Think about it. Don't just jump in. You want to make sure you're doing the right decision and make sure you're ready to take a kid because we're not just a child. We're children. We're, we're trauma. we still got so much we need to work on and we just need people who are stable because once there's instability, we, we can't keep succeeding because... Where are we meant to get in our future if we don't have that stable net to turn to? Felicity, well done. Thanks so much for coming in and, and talking to us. Very, very big, important message. Thank you for having me. 
Felicity Graham. She is the CEO of Fostering Change Australia. We are in. The, we didn't even know this, which is embarrassing. We're in the middle of National Foster Care Week. More, more has to be done. Right now, rumour Switch time. and save on car service and repairs with ServiceNow Pay Later options. Available at all Automasters branches. Call 1300 Automasters. Excuse me. Have you heard? Psst. Hey, have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Hmm. Thanks to Auto Masters, you can win $3,000 if we rate your rumour. Mm. Now, first up, a footy rumour we can confirm. This was the 19th of August. I've got one on the uh, Auto Masters text line here. Uh, this is one from Matt Crago, I think his name is. Uh, rumour has it that Crow's Billy Frampton has been approached by Collingwood. Approached by Collingwood? There you go. Uh, bustling Billy Frampton. Mm. And soda last night. Billy Frampton has officially requested a trade to Collingwood, while veteran Crow Luke Brown has announced his retirement after 189 games and 11 seasons at Westlake. All right, there you go. Rumor so confirmed. confirmed. Got a little uh, rumour on the text line here from David Fuller. The Reserve Bank will raise interest rates by a further 50 points in October, and then there will be no more rate rises until the next year. All right. So more. One more to come. One big one there. Another big one there. Let's go to Michael on the blower at Woodville South. Good morning, Michael. What is your rumour? Morning, gents. Well, um, the small pocket in the eastern, northeastern suburbs, um, which is going to be renamed, currently it sits at uh, between Lansdowne Terrace and Ascot Avenue. Yep. And it's uh, currently uh, Vale Park. So Vale Park? Vale Park? What's happening to Vale Park? Well, part of it is going to be changed to Walkerville. Part of Vale Park, not the all of Vale Park. Not all of it, no. Between Lansdowne Terrace and yep. Ascot Avenue, there's a small like triangle um, pocket there that's all going right. to be changed. Now, this has, been, <laughs> this has been funny, I reckon, for a long, long time, Michael. There are people that live on Lansdowne Terrace. And if you live on one side of the road, you're Vale Park. If you mm. live on the other side of the road, you're Walkerville. So and Walkerville, they, they just tell everyone, they say... Yeah, we live in Walkerville. So Walkerville, uh, <laughs> so true. Yeah. the same house in different suburbs would be worth 50, 100 grand different, wouldn't they? Well, if you called Walkerville all of a sudden, it's a bit flasher, isn't it? Well, but Walkerville houses yeah. straight across the road mm. from the Vale Park yeah. would be 50 to 100 grand mm. difference in value. Mm. Where Greg Blewett lives. T- time to buy in Vale Park. That's right. <laughs> Get out there, Your Michael. value's just gone up. When's it going to happen? I'm not sure. The last thing I heard is that uh, council was sitting for a meeting a few weeks ago when they were going to make a final decision, so I'm not sure if that's actually coming. Right. And more to the point, why is it going to happen? One well, of the, the councillors lives in Vale Park. <laughs> 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 or his brother. Good on you, Michael. That's a good story. Gee. I know people, actually, <laughs> there's another one. I know some people, friends of ours, live in Glengarry, and they always say it, Dylan, I say, yeah, we live down at Glenelg. Yeah, no, you don't. You live at Glengarry. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with there Glengarry. Isn't. Of course fantastic. there isn't. But why do people think they need to say that? Well, I don't know. Do you get treated differently if you're in <laughs> Glenelg, do you? Or in so, Walkerville? Greg, look, does he really live in Walkerville or does he live in Vale mm. Park? Mm. Mm. Good question. <laughs> there you go. Good rumour. Distinctive homes. Perfect for your lifestyle. Our house. Your home. Text. Oh, massive weekend of prelim final. Football starts tonight on Triple M. 5.30 we kick it off. They'll bounce the ball at 7.20. Geelong v Brisbane. Tex Walker, good morning. 
Oh, it's about the best best uh, finals footy this weekend, prelim finals, to get into the grand final. I love prelim finals. All right. Geelong be too good tonight, do you think? No, nah, I, I reckon Brisbane might beat them over there. Really? Oh, gee. Yeah. I'm really liking what Brisbane did last week. Um, and getting Danaher and McInerney back is a huge boost for them. Um but I, I do reckon Chris got made it very known that they're going to try and stop Lockie Neal. Look, look for Blitzabs to go to him at stoppages. Blitzabs, you reckon he'll go to a little Lockie Neal? Gee. Yep, Blitzabs to go to him and try and stop him, and um, and it'll allow Dangerfield and Selden those guys to to run free. Wouldn't put Atkins on him, Tex. No, nah, I reckon they'll put Blitzabs and try and run right. off him. Yeah, good point. That could happen. Uh, massive, massive game tonight. That'd be a huge upset if Brisbane rolled Geelong tonight. They're big odds to do it. So wait and see there. Sydney and Collingwood tomorrow afternoon at 4.15. That is going to be a huge game at the SCG. Two sides that put on an enormous amount of pressure, Tex. It'll be hot. You won't have much time to get rid of the ball, will you? No, you won't. I reckon you try and give the ball to Nick Dacos and Josh Dacos at all costs this weekend. They're... Uh... They're very, very good under pressure. Um, the game's going to be, I think it'll be the game of the round. And uh, I just I just can't see Collingwood beating them at the SCG. Really? Um, nah, and the big bud, there's been a bit of talk about him this week, but look for him to come back and kick three or four to get him into a grand final. Well, he mm. should be fresh. He's only played one game in 26 days. This is, Buddy's one of the beneficiaries of the, the bye before the finals and the bye after they've won. So Sydney and Geelong have both only played one game in uh, over three and a half weeks. Yeah, that will certainly help some. Um, the older guys at Geelong will certainly be, be beneficial from that. Um, and so are the big button. Never, never poke a sleeping bear. Uh, All right. So you're actually going for a Brisbane-Sydney grand final. Good mass dits. Very good. Mm. I am. Less right. grand final tickets would be a bit easier to get if you got Sydney and <laughs> Brisbane in rather than Geelong and Collingwood. Hey, uh, and here's a stat. Joel Selwood tonight equals Michael Tuck's record. What He's for? Afraid. 39 finals. Finals. Do, do we speak about that bloke enough? Joel Selwood. Yeah. I think he's universally loved. There's a few people who knock him because he milks high free kicks, but he's as tough as anything and great leader. But if you look at 39 finals, wow, wow that's phenomenal. So he he, if, he, if they get well through, in... breaks the record next mm. week, doesn't he? Yeah, wow. That's hey, phenomenal. He's nearly as brave as you in the shallows at uh, Noosa with, when the brimmer swimming around your feet, Tex. Uh, yeah, so it's made its way back to uh, Adelaide. What are you scared yeah, of, little toe-sucking fish, are you? I, I certainly uh, flicked the feet out a few times when I saw a few fish mm. floating around my feet. That's not that's not my um, favourite thing. They're not piranhas, uh, really. mate. You know that. Yeah, I know, but I just just the odd chance that one just sucks on the end of the big toe. That <laughs> I might need that. Could be what sort of ending, role model are you for mm. your two young lads? Lucky, luckily, they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have you got a gag for us, Tex? Yeah, you know what the first rule of passive-aggressive club is? What? You know what? Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's not a prelim final gag, Tex. <laughs> uh, so I, didn't, I didn't really prep this one. I no. nearly forgot. Well, well next week, you've gone. got one we'd, more chance. We'd never right? guess. All right, thanks, Tex. You boys are off, aren't you? Yeah, we oh, are. We're on holidays. True. Yep. Is Loz still alive or? Loz has no, gone, gone to Bali. Bali. Oh, wow. Mm. Gee, she's, she trumps you for more holidays than work, Ruth. <laughs> yeah, Loz being in her bikinis over there right <laughs> now, right. doing a bit of damage. All right, enjoy the footy, Tex. Thanks for joining us.
He's gone. Right, I chopped just chopped him off. Hey, uh, a big weekend. Oh, no, Did you, Johnny? <laughs> pulled him down. We were done. You pulled him. Off. <laughs> I just hey, uh, it's a big weekend starting tonight, five thirty on Triple M. And by the way, we're calling the Sandful Grand Final <laughs> on are. Sunday as well. Andrew Jarman, Nord and North. All right, so big weekend coming up on Triple M. Uh, Tex Walker there. Also, all thanks to Distinctive Homes, perfect for your lifestyle. Our house, your home. For lunch or after work knockoffs, lock in the Lockleys Hotel on Henley Beach. On Triple M Breakfast with Rue, Dits and Walsh. I need the tip. Get it straight from the horse's mouth. I am Mr. Red. It's time for Rue's Tip of the Week. Yeah, so I give a tip here and I uh, usually chuck one or two, sometimes three tips down to the Lockleys Hotel as a special treat for people to go and visit the Lockleys. Mm -hmm. And if they listened last week, they backed a $25 winner. Then same magic, Nanagai, English Riviera in front, but getting tired. Nanagai over the tops, coming hard in a blanket. Nanagai, Nanagai has won it from same magic. $25 winner for the Lockleys locals down there. I'll try and do the same again tomorrow for you. People who head down to the Lockleys where Ditz goes and uh, does his homework down there on Saturday afternoons. Mm -hmm. All right, tomorrow, tricky day, punters. You've got to be careful. I'm not making excuses, but when there's rain around and there's Mm. already been rain and there's more rain forecast, it makes it very, very difficult to tip a winner. So you just slow down on the punt. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I do uh, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Race eight in Adelaide tomorrow. I'm going to tip. You've got to wait a while. Yeah, I know. You do. You have to be disciplined. Uh, So uh, number 10. A horse called Taunting, um, very smart young horse, this one. It's got a bad barrier draw, though, Ditz, oh, so it else? could get caught wide. But I reckon it's going to sit sort of midfield, back in the field a little bit, hopefully get some cover. And then at the top of the straight, you'll see, you see the green, blue, and white colours peer out. Gee, and with a light weight, in that it'll run straight past them, I think. All it's right. a good horse. It's only about three fifty, four bucks at the moment. Just put a dollar on the nose, and that's a smaller bet as I tip you to do. Mm, so right. just tread carefully tomorrow on the on the wet tracks, everyone. And good luck to everyone in the uh, grand finals, Nord and North yes. Adelaide players and coaches. Good luck to Port Districts mm. taking on PAC. Bring your mouth guards, <laughs> Port Districts. You're not going to know what hit you oh, at Nord on. Oval the tomorrow. college boys. Yeah, yeah oh, bloody. Mm. Jack Trengove will lead from the front oh, down there. Right-o. Who's Sam Gray plays for Port Dishman? He does, yeah. Bad luck, Sammy. Another loss for you, buddy, coming up. Have a great weekend. We're away for two weeks. We are. A couple of weeks holiday. We'll see you in two weeks' time. See you in October. Just quickly, Ruse tip there. All thanks to the Lockleys for lunch after work knockoffs. Lock in the Lockleys Hotel on Henley Beach Road.